got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> Make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Thank you and hello and welcome to Comedy Think Tank. I am Nick Gordon and with me as always is my co-host Leonard Kimball. Leonard, hello. how's it going? Good, Nick. How are you? Too bad. Pretty excited about uh, this interview uh, that we did with uh, Mr. Nick Dufault. It was our first live and in-person interview. Live and in-person, yeah. In his yeah. Uh, illustriously... Uh, decorated garage with his, <laughs> <laughs> with his bachelor ping pong table <laughs> yeah great. no that was that was awesome i actually stuck around and played a little ping pong after yeah uh, so yeah no that was cool it was great to great to see him and great to be live and in person and we talked about uh how the three of us are uh the river comics production team for uh stand-up comedy here in the state of maine and hopefully beyond someday um and uh you know it was it was a good time. I'm I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we were able to do it live and in person. Hopefully, more can follow in that same vein. Um, we have been producing comedy recently, yes. even yep. though you know we're still in the early stage of 2021. Uh, and recently, we've we've done a few live shows, uh, and uh, it's been <laughs> it's been great. But uh, there are some. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what do you want to call them. What do you want Difficul- to call them? difficulties? Difficult. Or... I guess that's probably the best word. I mean, um, there's there's always difficulties when we're producing comedy shows, but like, but now that we're dealing with a pandemic, and maybe only, uh, only maybe only half the population is dealing with the pandemic because the other, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh-huh. the other half might not think there's a pandemic and mm-hmm. might have, have might be problematic when people are like, oh yeah, we have to have some social distancing and we have to have some uh you know just just you have, to, you have to wear a mask you know please when you're not eating or not performing and uh it, yeah it's, let's, let's it becomes just tough say, yeah it does become tough and let's just say let's just explain what happened we did a show we did, uh we did a, a couple shows in one night and uh it was at a 
it was at a venue, a hotel venue and a ballroom, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And, and we had some great comedians there and they served food and drinks. And we had it was it was the whole shebang, you know, uh, a full on production for a comedy show. And at the early show, uh, we had um, uh, some wait staff tell a patron that since they weren't eating or drinking any longer, uh, they needed to put their mask on. And that escalated. Uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think it would escalate. It's like, oh, but we're not eating or drinking. Yeah, no. Well, I'm sorry. That's our that's our policy. The signs yeah. are literally mm-hmm. everywhere. There's like mm-hmm. there's probably like eight different signs walking into the place, and then a huge sign right by the door. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he stood up and dropped every swear word we could possibly. <laughs> yeah all i can think of was well this isn't the late show you can't swear like that (laughs) right right we're like we said we're gonna curse more at the 10 o'clock show but like man like we got them he got them all out of the way early all over all over just whether or not to wear a mask i mean i i i we i think you know you and i know how each other stands i think you know it's safe to say we both are just like whatever just wear the mask yeah Uh, but you know as producers of shows that was the first time something like that has ever happened right uh yeah that was that was the first time i've ever yeah i think it's the first time i've ever kicked anybody out of a show um i i have like maybe reluctantly gone up to a a table to people ask people to be quiet at a show like they were being too loud but i've nothing's ever escalated to where i actually have to kick people out and yeah 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 the hostess there when she when she i could when we could tell that she was having you know a difficult time and and you know, she looked over at me and she like gave me the eyes and said, they have to leave. And I'm like, okay. And so I like went to like my, my chivalry mode and, you know, and sort of swooped in and said like, sorry guys, you got, you guys got to go. And then like all the curse words, you know, flying at her. And, and I'm like, oh, dude, just take it easy. I mean, come on. And like, no. and on the, on the way out, I was like, uh, I don't think I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the last time or if it's, ever happened i don't think i've ever i must have i mean i don't think i've ever had someone angrily yell at me fuck you but i'm trying to think of the how how often that's actually happened to me that someone has yelled fuck you at me <laughs> yeah um I, I it's happened to me in in my other part of life where i am uh, a sports official okay. um it's definitely happened, but in the context of, you know, I have power, you do not, it's a game and I can now penalize you for what you've just done. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's, it's more controlled in real life though. Uh, you can't like, you can't ex- walk around, you know, wherever you are, whether it's a comedy show uh, at the grocery store, like you can't always be thinking to yourself, like what happens if this guy comes up to me and tells me to fuck off? Right. Like, you know, uh, in a car driving down the road, obviously people flip people off all the time for cutting each other off and whatever. And, you know, oh, yeah. All yeah. I'll admit you know, that I've, I've flipped the bird to someone before. I, I it, it was like it, it was like uh, it 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 I don't know, for lack of a better way, it did trigger me a little bit. Like yeah. I, I I did like I think I, I mean, I've taken or I've, I've been aware of like how to sort of like deescalate situations. But when he when he said that to me uh thankfully he was like 20 feet away from me because i did feel myself leaning into him and i thought like 
well, that's not good. I shouldn't have done that. I should not yeah. have done that. <laughs> I should not, I should not have leaned into him because I realized like what I just did there would have just, it's just feeding into the energy mm-hmm. he's giving back at me. And like, and if he had been three feet from me, then he might've decided to take a swing or at me or push me or something like that. And you just never know. Yeah. You never know. I would have yeah. to go into like my Beverly Hills ninja mode and <laughs> <laughs> barrel those roll good, around. Those are or good something. Movies. Yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be in that situation because it's not, it's not a common thing that you have to deal with. Um, in everyday life, you know, from, from being at home and in the workplace and, and generally at a comedy show right. <laughs> it's like uh, where, 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 where people have paid to attend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they we're were all t- here for some laughs. There were tickets yeah. bought. People were like, yeah, yeah, let's have some laughs. We all need some laughs. Right. <laughs> Maybe he was pissed because uh, the table, he bought the tickets for the table. Like he bought the table and his friends hadn't paid him back yet. So maybe oh. he was a little angry because they were like stiffing him on that part of it. And, <laughs> You know, he was drinking. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, I know Nick Dufault loves Bud Light, but, uh, you know, he was drinking. This guy was drinking Bud Lights, and sometimes uh, uh, those can make you angry. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like Nick Dufault, generally an angry guy. You know? He's angry, angry little, <laughs> angry little fucker. And uh, <laughs> no, but Nick Dufault wouldn't do that. He wouldn't get in somebody's face. I'm just kidding, Bud no. Light. Um, <laughs> just no. If you guys want to sponsor you. us, no problem. No problem whatsoever. It's too bad too because we we had we had a good we've had a good stretch of you know not stretch but you know what I mean we've had a good kind of uh, experience coming back from the pandemic and having a few live shows because we we did another one at uh, uh, you know a, a, a pizza place a, a pizza restaurant uh, in Going a little bath. restaurant yeah uh, Bruno's Pizzeria and Bath um, um, we're gonna be there on Wednesday nights and and we've done shows there and and it's like everyone's happy to to be involved and, and, you know, yeah, we're in a little cl- close proximity down there in the basement, but at the same time, it's like, everyone's happy, you know, and, right. and, and there's no issues. There's nobody, you know, creating issues. There's no, at least so far. And at least so far we're one but, for one. I yeah, guess. We're, <laughs> well, we're going to, you know, by the time this comes out, maybe we'll have more under our belts, but you know, yeah. I could be wrong, but uh, it's nice to have people just be happy to be out and having a drink and sitting with friends and having a bite to eat and listening to some people try to do comedy. And, you know, yeah. it's such a, such a stark difference from nearly a physical altercation and, you know, people dropping F bombs and the C word and anything else you can think of. Right. I've been uh, feeling really, really good about, about everything that we're doing. I I've gotten, um, Lots of feedback also from people who appreciate our Zoom uh, shows, like the Hunker right. Down comedy series. Um, mm-hmm. And we ask for tips and people send us money and they write a little note. They say, like, really, thank you very much for doing this because we really appreciate it because we're, we're not leaving the house yet until things are safe. And yeah, so, it's, so it's cool to it's cool to, you know, get some laughs. And, you know, we talk about that during um, the conversation with, with Nick about like how we feel so good about actually producing this environment or producing this thing that right. brought some laughs to, to people. And it's been, it's been, it's been life changing, I suppose. I mean, I never thought I would do this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't either. And, 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 you know, working with you two uh, over the last, you know, three years say uh, it's, it's been great to, to be able to, to, contact a venue or 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 be contacted by someone and and say yeah we'll put together a show 
and and then do it and then show up and have it happen where you know an hour and a half later everyone's happy and they've laughed and you know we're happy because you know we got gas money in our pockets and, and we've just made people laugh and and it's it's such a great feeling to to produce stand-up comedy and be involved in stand-up comedy and you know i couldn't ask for two better uh partners in crime when it comes to that you guys you know you have the yeah, same love as I do. yeah so it's really good so uh you know uh, what else can we say about it but if if you're listening to this and you haven't come out and seen us do comedy you know please even if you even if you're messaging us directly to ask when the next event is but you know you can find it all over social media we're trying to you know keep up with the facebook and the instagram and the twitter and all that and you know make sure people know and and also we're trying to get out there to different venues and and produce shows and and we'll anytime you know we'll we'll uh you know, give a shout out to Mark Turcott with Made Event Comedy, trying to do the same. Um, you know, so it's it's definitely something. No matter where you are, if if there's an opportunity to see some stand up comedy and get a laugh, whether it's in person or or by video, uh, please do so. And obviously, you know, as we all know on Netflix and stuff, there's plenty of opportunity to see real professional comedians. But you know, <laughs> local local comedy, you know. Um, amateur local it's it's where it's at because you just never know what you're going to get yeah it starts it starts local (laughs) every one of those guys with the netflix special started at an 84 court pizza place yep at a pizza place (laughs) at a a, a, a restaurant in a in in a basement somewhere you know it's where it starts and so you never know who you might see um so Mm -hmm. I guess with that said, uh, without further ado, I, or, you know, I don't, we, I think we kept saying further ado for the last, what, 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 without less ado, without less ado, without what, more ado, uh, without much without, ado about without nothing. a mountain, without a mountain dew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Without a mountain dew, here's <laughs> Nick Dufault. Nick Dufault, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Comedy Think Tanked, first actually in-person live podcast with our good friend, Nick Dufault. Nick Dufault, hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Good Lord, good Christ. Thanks for offering up your, your garage. Amen to that. Yeah. The, the back shed of the bachelor pad. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty sweet. Where I hang my bodies and don't bang all the chicks, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm glad you cleaned up before we got here. <laughs> it's amazing what chloroform and bleach will do. We are <laughs> on off sale at the rails. I want to mark the time 35 seconds in. <laughs> 35 seconds in and the police are knocking. <laughs> it's a new record. Wow. All right. No, we're we're here. Uh we're in uh we're in beautiful Lewiston, Maine with our good friend Nick Default, the uh third member of our uh River Comics comedy production team um the three of us started this what two and a half years ago yep and uh and now we're going to memorialize it with a with a little podcast and you'll be the first guest that we actually can reach out and touch if necessary i mean i'm open to that also so yeah feel free yeah we know we know (laughs) my shoulders are tight Mm -hmm. what's going on what i mean we're coming out of well you know we're still in a pandemic technically speaking but uh it's been a year since we've really been able to do anything together yeah, we were, Zoom. we were just saying uh, before we turn this bad boy on that this is the uh, pretty much the first time I've seen you since uh, 
since uh, November, and uh, it's it's been a while. I seen Leonard one time. We happened to run into each other before we uh, got posters for a show, and um, it's uh, great to be with you guys. I, I, like you said, it definitely uh, doesn't hold the same candle to have it virtually, so it's good to be in person. Yeah, it is nice to see each other and actually be here with each other to see each other's pants. It's true. First time I've worn any. Thank God they fit. We, we started this interview and I just, just out of habit, I started taking my pants off. Like I'm used to, I'm not used to talking to people with pants on now. This is so true. It's, it's nuts. It's weird. Like it's, it's weird actually like looking and talking at people and not watching porn on another screen. Like, it's, it's so weird. I'm so, oh, you're giving away secrets now. Yep. Yeah. I, I say that often too. Like I, I, I'm watching people on, in Zoom meetings. I'm like, why aren't these two women kissing? <laughs> Uh, computers aren't for this. <laughs> Where's that button you can fast forward 10 seconds like 15 times to get to the good stuff? Oh my God. Uh, well, we got to get Pornhub as a sponsor, I guess. We should. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, now we have to reach out. We're obligated. <laughs> we have to reach around and out. <laughs> oh, and there'll be another hour of those jokes. <laughs> so this would be a good time if you want to just like skip to the next podcast. It'd probably. Welcome to do that. There's plenty of them out there, that's for sure. Yes. So we started this podcast uh, in, in, in our little answer to uh, not being able to do much else in live and in person, as we've mentioned. Uh, but going back to uh, starting out with the River Comics production team, like what, Nick, tell us your memories of, uh, of meeting us and, and getting into comedy. And like, we're just going to, we're going to let it flow from there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually quite funny because I remember them both vividly. Um, when we started, so as a backdrop, um, Leonard and I and, uh, several other friends now that we've met through comedy started, uh, stand up through a Lewiston adult ed class, um, taught by Don Hartill. Um, and that was, uh, spring of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, kind of went on from there and I remember seeing Leonard up the first time, um, had a sweater vest on, thought he was really <laughs> stiff. You know, I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be rough. Like it was for all of us and just didn't get to know him. And it's honestly, it's kind of weird to, to look at it now and to think that you guys are like some of my closest friends now. And just like when you first meet somebody and the first impression you have, I'm like, like, boy, this guy's going to suck at comedy. Like, <laughs> And I got up there and I told street jokes, not knowing any better. Oh, and, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and Don yeah. was like, well, you didn't write that joke. And I was like, clearly I didn't. Did you hear how fucking funny it was? <laughs> Nick was like, yeah, you said to be funny on the microphone. You <laughs> So kind of kind of learned that, you know, and uh, seen a few other street jokes along the way, but definitely tried to stay away from those bad boys. And um, with meeting you, Nick, I remember a few classes in you came in and, and guest taught in Don's class. And uh, I remember you gave some some really good feedback um, that I didn't happen to write down because I didn't expect much. <laughs> um, and I remember chasing you down, walking out with my buddy Kevin. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what did you write in your notebook? And you're like, I don't fucking know. Like, here, <laughs> let me pull it up. And like... Like you gave it to me and just, I had seen you around a few other times and we started doing more shows like with, with Mark Turcott and whatnot. And, uh, the rest is history, you know, then we wow. decided to, to kind of branch out on our own and, uh, found the river comics. Yeah. That was, uh, I think a accurate description of how it all went down kind yeah. of by fate. Yeah. I remember one of those classes when Don said, Oh, we happen to be like, maybe it was our second Thursday or third Thursday and of the class. And Don said Mark Turcott had an open mic at Bare Bones Beer in Lewiston. 
And she's like, you know, we're just, we should just all go there. And then I remember that was the, that was the first time I, you know, got on a microphone in public and told any of those, any of my jokes. Yeah. And I was just going to say kind of you, I remember, like you just said, you really took the bull by the horns in, uh, you know, just kind of going after it and getting on mics and stuff. So when I started this, I, the job I had at the time, the work I was doing, I was totally stressed out and I was like, I need a stress reliever or I'm going to quit. So I need to do something. So I was like, well, I can just learn how to write jokes and I can laugh and that will be a great stress reliever. I don't have to perform. Day one, she's like, oh, and so you're performing a five minute set during your graduation show. And I'm like, cool, I'm not performing, period. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Like it's not going to happen. So, you know, kind of just evolved from there and we got our first couple of chuckles in class and then it got more got a few laughs and you're like you know what this is pretty cool maybe i can do this and really try to put the work in and uh the rest is history did the um did the uh graduation show and i remember happened to make the mistake of telling uh one of my bosses at work that i was doing this and she's like that is the coolest thing in the world we're all going and i literally counted i think i had 14 people from work back you know way before covid when you could pack the joint and uh I was just like, I don't know how this is going to happen. And, you know, like you said, it was the most welcoming crowd I think we'll ever, any of us will be in front of is a, is a graduation show like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a fantastic experience. And I was hooked from then on. I remember that was the first time I met Mark Turcott because I wasn't in class when he came in to guest teach in Don's class. So that was literally the first time I met him is when he brought me up as, oh, the, yeah, uh, okay. as the host of that show. And I remember going to talk to him and I'm like, man, this was cool. Maybe I'll, he'll ask me to do it again or something like that. And <laughs> now he's definitely one of my closest friends as well. So uh, it's, it's like you said, it's all fate and it's super, super cool how, how that and how life comes together to be honest. Right. It was interesting because Julie Pooling was in that class sure. also. And we uh, we just had a conversation with Dennis Price, and I was mentioning to him that I met Dennis and Julie when they did like an improv show at, at a uh, at Kennebec Savings Bank when I used to work there, Very cool. like uh, at the Governor Hill Mansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like I was like, oh, and, and I seeing her again. I was like, oh, I know her from someplace. And then all these things just sort of wrapping back on themselves and having these connections all all around the state for for comedy. It's it's been. It's been great. Yeah, and Julie's starting to to kind of get back into stand up. From what I've seen, she's she's on a few shows and has been on a couple. Um, so I think I've heard you know them say it's fairly rare to be three years in and still have three people from a, a stand up class, you know, adult ed that are still doing it three years out. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I think usually when you have a have a workshop or whatever, the average, at least it seems, out of however many people you have in the class is like two people go on, two to three people go on to continue doing it to. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everyone else is like, ooh, I don't know if I can keep going and keep writing and keep trying. And there's just a few of us weirdos out there that that think like, ah, I, I, you know, I really love doing this and I really have to keep doing it. And and then uh, for whatever reason, years and years later, you're just like, I'm still going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know why. But uh, do you remember, Nick, um, like the first time you made a group of people laugh that wasn't necessarily like your family, like... You know, do you remember how old you were or with the circumstances surrounding like that first time you're like, oh, interesting. That was that was cool to get people to laugh. 
Yeah, um, I've always liked being in front of people. Like, I'm not that I'm not nervous. Hell, going up on stage now, I'm still nervous. But something that I'm like willing to face the fear and kind of be nervous, but still do it anyway. Um, I remember in elementary school, um, for like five or six years straight, I did the talent show. Uh, um, and it oh, wasn't, really? okay. yeah, wasn't necessarily anything comedy. It definitely wasn't telling jokes. I I remember I did Marty Robbins white sport coat and a pink carnation, something like that. And I like peeled the the carnation off my white sport jacket and smelled it and threw it into the crowd at, in fifth grade, you know, shit like that. So <laughs> like always liked entertaining, but it wasn't jokes. And I feel like this is, you know, kind of, I don't know, it's, it's different because it's, I feel like I might've found a niche or at least something, I, my passion, something I really enjoy, but also, right. you know, like uh, Leonard and I do, do improv too. And that kind of stemmed from, you know, taking a class to just try to get me more comfortable <laughs> on stage and just kind of flex different muscles for comedy so you know just kind of like that but I think that's how it all started I had no problem with that I know you said without family but I remember writing poems for my cousin and my aunt's big birthday parties that we'd have at a restaurant yeah. and I'd deliver those in front of people and those were definitely comedy where it was all inside jokes and kind of you know just different things that the guest of honor would really understand but it was funny for everybody else too so that was definitely the first experience I remember getting laughs. Oh, wow. That's cool. How old were you when you wrote poems and whatnot for your family? Um, I would say that was probably towards the end of, um, end of elementary school at the yeah. earliest and then through uh, middle school and into high school. So, oh, that's yeah, awesome. About that age. So you, you've, uh, you've kind of grown up being uh, an entertainer. Of yeah. sorts. Yeah, that's neat. Something I enjoy. A child, a child actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not paid, mm-hmm. not known, yeah. you know, just all the good stuff. Just no glam, just all the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. but still getting getting people's reaction. Sure. That's cool. Yep. That's fun. Huh. That's something I didn't know about you. No, yeah, yeah no. I can see it, though. I can definitely see how you, you would. I mean, you're, you're very family-orientated, and, and I'm sure growing up you were... A, a ham of, of yeah i would say i was a ham yeah, yeah. got in trouble a lot <laughs> that's cool you grew up here in lewiston right you did yep. yes yep a mile mile up the road oh wow yeah oh just a mile from here yep homeboy okay. literally one mile yep that's fun yeah do, so. do you feel like that's um like growing up here in maine in lewiston like it shaped who you are or like do you think no matter what you would have been who you are um, I think there's definitely, you know, it, it attributed to it a lot. Um, you know, I think Lewiston has a difficult rep- reputation in a lot of ways, the the dirty Lou and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, like you can see it now. This where I'm at isn't a bad part of town. And I, you know, I enjoy where I'm at. I like it. Um, take pride in it a lot. I loved high school. Definitely have a lot of passion for the school. But um, along with the hometown, like I definitely a, a homebody and, you know, sticking close to home, obviously. But like um, a big experience for me was going away to college in New Hampshire. Yeah, St. Anselm and just kind of uh, branched out there and it was the only out of state school I applied to. So just kind of really wanting to get out of my comfort zone, which is <laughs> kind of translates a lot to comedy. You know, right. that's what that is. So, yeah. When you were in college, was there ever any opportunity to perform comedy or did you ever seek it out? Definitely didn't seek it out. Um, the only the exposure I had to it, you know, was when we did the the adult ed class three years ago. You know, when, like I said, I kind of didn't, you know, I'm not performing. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to, to have some laughs for myself and that's it. So definitely didn't seek it out. Um, I, it's in Manchester. So I know um, there's a few places there. I'm blanking on the names, but 
uh, spots we've you know talked about trying to hit or whatever going down yeah. for Mike. I think one's uh, Strange Brew. Do they do comedy? Uh, they, at one point they did, and and mm-hmm. um, Mike Gray mentioned on his on his interview uh, about a um, a place out west of Lake Lake Winnipesaukee. I can't remember the name of that place now. That's currently going, but I know uh, Is that the, Curly's. Maybe, but I'm not Might sure. Be. That's in and, Rochester, I believe. And we know, um, you know, there's definitely some shows being produced currently at uh, some cinemas um, with um, Rob Steen and mm-hmm. whatnot in his, or- in his organization, Chunky's yep. Cinemas and whatnot. And then, of course, the Shaskeen Pub. Right down downtown Manchester. That might be the one I was thinking of too. That was a pretty um, cool room. Shasking for sure. I mean, I, I guess it now is a better time, as good a time as any to uh, talk about the River Comics and comedy production and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let let what about like your comedy um, influences? Like who do you watch? Who's like a professional comedian, or who are not even professionals necessarily? But who do you look to to say like, okay, I want to be like that, or trying to mold myself. Yeah. I mean, you guys will, you know, appreciate this kind of knowing the backstories, but for the listeners and whatnot, I always get the most shit for being a comic and not knowing a lot of the biggest comics, you know, like I kind of, I love comedy. I just don't, you'll be like, Oh, this guy or that guy. And I'll be like, who? And you're like, Oh, he's only one of the biggest comics in the world for 30 years. You don't know who he is. Like, I don't know. It's just, um, you know, TV show in the nineties for Christ. Yeah, I know. And therefore I didn't watch it. No, um, no. Um, Influences for me, um, Gilbert Godfrey for one, for sure. Um, also, um, Dana Carvey. I mean, I, I love impressions. Right, Frank right. Caliendo is another one. He had a, a TV show, but was huge before the TV show, and I didn't like the show, but I love love his stuff. So okay. those are definite influences for sure. Mm-hmm. You are very good at impressions. I, I dabble. I appreciate it. Um, I can't do them. I know that. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, Nick, I think it's just, I don't know that I'm that good. I have the balls to do them. Good which point. is yeah, whether right. or not they're absolutely spot on, I'll be the first to tell you they're probably not. I think they're, some of them are good. Definitely some are better than others, but I enjoy doing them. So I feel like that might translate to the comedy and what I'm putting forth on stage for the audience that I'm enjoying it, what I'm doing. I'm doing it as much for myself as I am for somebody else. Right. right. If you're sure. actually enjoying mm-hmm. it, then, then yep. it, it shows on stage yep. and then it, it doesn't matter how how good or bad the impression is it's like hey people are laughing at what's what's happening on stage not that like they've closed their eyes and are like oh wait did Arnold Schwarzenegger just walk in here <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I haven't done that in months. It's yeah. been a year hurt your throat yeah I know yeah you gotta limber up you first. have a Ricola any of you <laughs> So then, with us with the with the the river comics, you know, we were in the the class ended, and we started hitting up a bunch of open mics, and then we were starting thinking like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have to drive forty miles to get to an open mic? And let's let's figure this out, guys. What do we got to do? Or 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 meet other people and and figure out what it is that they're doing, and then who they are, and get in with them, and get on the list, and yep. You know, this and that for open mics or Hope get into their show and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, yeah, we started yeah. producing shows. Um, what was the first show we produced? Jesus. That's a good trivia question. Uh, I think it was I think it was at 84, 84 Court. Court. Yep. 84 Court. So, yeah, so, my guess. so there were like, I, I don't know if we... I don't know if we legitimately just called it an open mic or if we just booked a show. It was probably an open mic. I think we, I think we, we did an open mic and said, yeah, I think, they, I think you're right. This was not that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like yeah. many, many moons, and, and it, um, 
So that grew into into what then? I think pizza with friends. Pizza with friends having a booked show. Right, a booked showcase or yeah. And... Sometimes it was pizza with a you know in an empty parlor, but sometimes it was pizza <laughs> with friend. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that's true for comedy, right? That's I mean, absolutely. I was gonna say it's yeah. a grind. You know, it's it's not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination. For uh, I would dare say, for I mean, it's a fact for where any of us are right now. And I think even once you start hitting the road and you know the the circuits and you know if you're you're lucky enough to do colleges and you know the bigger stuff it's still not glamorous you know it's a, it's a grind yeah I, th- I think the that was one of the, the the hardest things when we started all of this was was understanding how one week we could have 40 people packed at 84 court and we're like holy shit look at look at how many people are here listening to us practice jokes and then the next week it's like I was like, no one. There's no one here. I was like, what's, who's showing up? Oh, I don't know. No one. <laughs> yeah, and it was all like dependent on the weather or the time of year or like if the Super Bowl was that week. Like, right? Like it was. It, <laughs> right. right. Or is there a snowstorm that night? And, you yeah. know, like, hey, we did exactly the same. We advertised the same, which we did a lot. And like you said, yeah. it's either 40 people or no people. Like, you know, sometimes there was a balance, but it, it really did seem feast or famine. But I think the cool part with that, I mean, you know, looking for a silver lining is that you get to refine your own stuff. That's when we would workshop and we'd really enjoy, hey, I like workshopping. Maybe we devote 15 minutes of the last hour of this mic to, um, you know, just kind of figuring out uh, how to workshop a joke if anybody wants feedback. You know, that's the, the valuable stuff, which I think kind of lends its hand to, to, to happening when, uh, when not a lot of people show up. Right. Yeah. I, I, I remember times when I, we, I had the speaker there, or both speakers even, and I just hadn't set anything up yet. And I'm like, well, if no one's coming, guys, why don't we just, why don't we just sit here and just write stuff mm-hmm. right and yep. if anybody wants to stand up and if anybody wants to stand up and say something out loud jesus it's just the four of us at a table just stand up we don't need a mic and speaker to do this mm-hmm. now so it's actually let's actually do some writing yeah, yeah it's coming back to me now i remember that yeah, yeah and i think it's uh i think it's a pretty common um you know start in comedy for a lot of people you hear a lot of the bigger comics like i can't tell you how many times i performed for three drunk guys at a bar and just like you know i, I didn't get a drink thrown at me that was a standing ovation for me or something like that you know <laughs> so i just think it's uh it's a it's a common start for a lot of people and it's it's, it's a small community it's a you know small family if you will i mean especially for us but in comedy like the connections we've been able to make and you know how people get their start i think is a lot similar for a lot of people i i think i i've heard that quite a bit and and even your biggest name comedians working today and and throughout history like they, they talk about the fact that we all start and it's neat to have that same connection with those people like Okay, they did this. They did that too. At, at you know their own whatever their eighty four court was, whatever their first open mic was. It's exactly the same uh, uh, scenario and atmosphere and feeling that we have now currently. And you know maybe if we're lucky someday we get to you know be in their shoes where they are. You know performing at you know a, the Beacon Theater or what I don't you know whatever. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Like so, someday when when we 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 get invited to go on to the show like comedians in hover cars drinking coffee <laughs> uh that i uh, will tell them the story about like, oh yeah the three of us and we were just hanging out at 84 court and like that's where we started doing all, all our writing and then yeah. and next thing you know we opened up a comedy club on mars and <laughs> <laughs> i think you're what's giving the us... deal with the red soil <laughs> <laughs> i think you're giving us too much credit i don't think any one of us are going to live uh that long 
I sure as hell am not. Yeah. Maybe this pandemic has got me out less drinking five nights a week and eating pizza and, and Burger King. But um, yeah, no, I was going to say my idea would have been uh, comedians uh, telling dick jokes, drinking Bud Light. But that would have been, been my idea. I think that's currently what it is, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as to that, though, like, wh- how do you find, um, what do you like, what do you dislike about producing comedy shows? Obviously, we, we haven't got to do many recently in the last year but you know talk about um your likes and dislikes for yeah. producing yeah um i i think uh producing is you know a, an excellent opportunity to network within comics i mean how many times have we all worked with somebody and, and got really good friends with them like you said uh mike grades one you just mentioned you know like if we not necessarily that we were producing because we met I know Leonard and I met Mike before we were producing um, but you know it lends its hand to to meeting so many different people and kind of you know um, one thing for us I would say for the three of us is we really kind of it sounds corny but we set it up to do it the right way hey we want to get known for um, trying to uh, you know to to get to know people and to do things the right way. You know, if we can pay for a spot, we're going to do it. And, you know, we kind of got known for, for doing things the right way. And, and that's where we're at just trying to grind. And like you said, producing you, you get to network. We all get to get up a lot more because we're producing shows and, you know, we get to hang out and hang out with all these other people. I think the beauty of it, Leonard says it all the time. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, just my opinion, but I think he, gets the most out of producing out of all of us. He loves sitting in the back of the room, watching everybody come in the, the room filled with laughter and being like, I created that. That's what I did or what we did, yeah, you know, and we, that's, we that's yeah. probably the highest point of the mountain for producing. Um, you know, the low parts, what I don't like is that there's a lot of, you know, grunt work with it. Got to carry the speakers, got to put the flyers out, got to advertise and you got to hope you get asses and seats. And like we just said, whether it be for a booked open mic, whether it be for a, you know, a regular open mic or whether it be for, you know, a show at a, a venue hall, um, you know, you hope people show up, you know, and you hope you do it the right way. And honestly, it may not be that you did or didn't do it the right way. Sometimes, you know, you luck out and there's no snowstorm in the winter and a lot of people show up and sometimes it's not. So that's a part of it that I would say is not glamorous and that I don't like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a, 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 a point of, of pride I, I have when, when realizing like, oh, yeah, this is something we created, <sighs> you know, it, even though I think I've, I've mentioned it something like, you know, I, I'm not the one up there doing a yo-yo joke, but like when seeing Colby Bradshaw joking about his yo-yo and people just dying in the crowd, it's just like it's a it's amazing to me that that I had any part in this at all. <laughs> yeah, and so like that that we produce this sort of thing, you know, just just before the fact that like oh we message Colby or we message Connor or we message you know Mark and and say like oh can you can you be here and then like suddenly. You know, a, a week later, there's 50 people in a room laughing because of something, something we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems, it seems minute if you're not in the scene, but for people who, yeah, who are wondering, like, that's a, that's a wonderful feeling to have that you, you just did one little thing, like you flipped one little switch and now, you know, you bring happiness to 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of a, a deep and maybe kind of corny way to look at it. But I think like just trying to synergize everything, like we talked about, um, you know, professional comedians having the same grind as a lot of us, you know, like to think that us putting this group of, you know, people together to produce shows and we've had people that have performed in the World Series of Comedy. We've had people that have been on Jimmy Kimmel. Like it's just, you know, it's all people doing the same thing. And just to think that our small group, you know, could could garner that kind of, you know, talent and whatnot. And I'm sure we're going to go bigger. You know, we mm-hmm. have big aspirations that we want to just like have one blowout show and hey, Leonard, <laughs> you know what? Forget the checkbook. Like we're blowing it all on this show. <laughs> oh yeah. We've said that before. Like we want to have like a nest egg and then we just like, oh yeah, we, oh yeah, we've got $10,000 in the bank. Uh, now we have zero yep. because <laughs> get, John, get somebody like John Mulaney to tell like one punchline. Don't even set the joke up and we'll pay you 10 grand. And then just come out all just, on that. Yeah. Come out and file his nails for 20 minutes. <laughs> if, uh, if he's uh, listening, perhaps uh, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> really did i'd be hiring a lawyer to keep these two from <laughs> we have a common friend that is a lawyer so we might be able to find something else we are on the hunt for angel investors who want to just give us ten thousand dollars to, and, to and have any, john any sp- mulaney file his nails on stage yeah any sponsor that's listening that <laughs> undercover to- comic sponsors <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, it's funny you, you talk about this sort of thing and it's uh, it's also like we get really you know possessive of our our baby like so like as much as like we think like oh this is amazing this is amazing what's happening on stage we're like sometimes i get stressed out in the back of the room when i realize hey there's a table way over there that didn't fucking see what just happened on stage because they're chatting amongst themselves (laughs) and i'm like oh my god shut up and i don't i don't want to be like that asshole Mm -hmm. (laughs) host who comes over and says just bangs on the table like do you guys see what's going on over there yeah (laughs) And I mean, that's, that's another part of it too. You have to, whether you're a host or a producer of a show, you kind of have to make sure that it flows without question and that there's no kinks and stuff like that. So that's another part of it that kind of sucks is you can lay back and watch the show to a degree, but if shit hits the fan, it's on you to fix it. So absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's not our job to like, we got the butts in the seats and, and it's not our job to tell those butts what to do. Uh, when, when they're there, you know, people pay money maybe to, to go watch a comedy show. And if they want to talk through it or look at their phone or whatever, that's on them. I mean, it, yep. it, it really does kind of suck. And I wish, uh, more people kind of, cause comedy is different. Like you, you can go into a bar if you're a guitar player or a singer songwriter, or even a whole band, you can go into a bar or a restaurant and set up and play. And the patrons of that establishment can do whatever they want still. And they're still going to enjoy the music. But for comedy, you got to watch it and and it's you know it's not on us to put on a show and make them watch it if they don't want to watch it that's on them but you know it's really kind of too bad and yeah i've 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 gained a greater appreciation for that um that aspect of everything without question and i'm kind of thinking back to to mark's um podcast with you guys um if he had talked about it and i don't think he had but uh kind of giving him credit but you know stealing the thunder of what he said we've had many conversations he and i where he said that stand-up comedy is the most disrespected art form there is you know like if you get yep. somebody hey nick gordon goes into a party hey what do you do well i'm a comic oh cool i want to go to one of your shows and heckle you like no other you know <laughs> somebody's not gonna Somebody's not going to say that to 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 a musician. I'm going to go there and yell "Freebird, fucker!" Like play it. You know, it's it's not going to happen. That's you so know, true. Just, 
I yelled Freebird uh, during uh, Nick's set at Bruno's. Did you, know? you? <laughs> you did? Did yeah, you play you it? Because you couldn't remember your joke. And ah. then I was, I was sitting over there with Amory and I said, do Freebird! Freebird! <laughs> <laughs> See, I was so focused on, on uh, not passing out for some reason. <laughs> That was a weird show. We we uh, not to get too much off topic, but it's still on topic. Hmm. But that was the first time I had an audience member within, uh, you know, six feet. Like there was a woman literally sitting in front of me. Like, yeah, she could have reached out and touched me. Don't yeah. cough, lady. Yeah, exactly. It was so weird. And they're eating food. I'm like, this is the strangest thing. But you know, obviously, you know, we're getting to a point where we can do that. So comedians right. telling jokes, stealing French fries. That could have been. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> on Mars. Yeah. On Mars. <laughs> We're still in the year 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, now it's going to get really off topic. Uh, they, there's a satellite going around the Earth right now that helps to clean up the trash in space. Huh. Oh, yeah. really? It's like a bulldozer sort of thing. Like It, it, it has a magnet on it and, it, and it grabs onto space debris, and, and it pushes it back into the atmosphere. So Do you know if it's, uh, if it's cleaned up Leonard's banana peel joke yet? Or is uh, no, unfortunately Unfortunately, no. Okay. Still hasn't no. got it. All right. Edit point. Edit. Yeah. <laughs> Editors get on this part here. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and then why did the River Comics break up after that podcast? <laughs> that was the weirdest thing. Hey, guys, I'm available to help you out. Hey, I get my vaccine next month. What's up? <laughs> Hit me up. Maybe, guys, where are you? <laughs> now, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep it going, at least for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> just for a little while. The break has been good, though. The break has been good. So, us to recharge all our batteries and whatnot yeah um, raring to go now for sure yeah. um you know we've talked about that and it's just kind of i was thinking about that as we we're talking a little bit earlier you know this break has really given you a chance like you said to recharge and to pause and for me you know without sounding too i don't know stupid like to reflect on it like i remember when i would set goals for myself i want to get up and do comedy whether it's two people or 200 in a room x amount of times a year let's say 75 times a year you know in maine that's I don't know. You, you have to go out a few nights a week and yeah. do it. And there's not 10 mics a night like there is in New York City or L.A. or Boston, you know, Boston, something like that. So now, I mean, Jesus, I can count on two hands how many times I've done anything that's especially not virtual. You know, like we'll have a, a virtual mic that's taken off. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different to look back and be like, Jesus, I was out three nights a week. Now I've been out three nights in <laughs> six months. Like, it's yeah, it's so true. So other shows that you've you've been on in the past, like you've opened for a, a couple of uh, pretty famous people, right? Those- yeah, yeah. Um, first one, um, Christine Hurley. Uh, she's known as the Queen of Boston Comedy. Uh, this past summer, she was on America's Got Talent and w- had a, a good TV spot where they interviewed her and her husband Jimmy, and uh, yeah. that was fantastic. So how did that How did that happen? Yeah. So um, I have a friend, um, Sue Dunham, her, who her um, her late husband. Uh, Tommy Dunham was a Boston comic and worked with, uh, you know, Lenny and Mike Clark and, you know, Steve Sweeney and a bunch of all those other guys um, in Boston. uh, He worked with Christine and they got to be really good friends, you know, just kind of beyond the shows. Um, Christine had a show at Jonathan's in Agunquit and uh, needed an, an opener last minute and was talking to her friend Sue and said, hey, you have a friend that started comedy, I don't know, a year ago you know, eight months ago, I can't remember what it was. Can he open for me? And I'm like, holy shit. Like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, and I'm, you know, just driving home from, you know, where I worked in Falmouth to to grab my, my 
uh, stage attire and uh, <laughs> the comedy super suit. Yep, the comedy super suit <laughs> um, for uh, one bit, and uh, you know, just driving back down to to Agunquit and uh, meeting up, and it was uh, it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, was hearing about that place, uh, Jonathan's uh, Nick DiPaolo, which I'm I'm sure we're pretty familiar with. I've seen a lot of his stuff on uh, Comedy Central and whatnot. Uh, yep. He's been on the roast and stuff. Uh, I think he said that was his favorite venue in Maine. Um, so that was really cool to do that. And then, uh, the other one, which was, uh, right before the pandemic struck, uh, end of January, 2020, uh, got the opportunity to open for Gilbert, which was, uh, kind of an out of body experience and, and something absolutely insane. And one of the, probably the coolest, I mean, without question, uh, comedy moment I've had thus far. Yeah. What was it like meeting him? It was, uh, pretty friggin' crazy. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, so I had heard, you know, with Gilbert, he's, you know, he just, he goes out there to, to make a living. I'm not going to say he doesn't enjoy it. He can speak for himself, but, you know, he's done it for so long that the novelty is definitely worn off, at least from what I've seen. So I just tried to stay out of the way. And I remember Rob Steen, uh, one of the producers, along with Mark, that uh, produced that show, you know, I got to the venue and he's like, hey, uh, give me a couple minutes. I'll have you go meet Gilbert. And I had met him at a show once before. Just, hi, how are you? Nice set. Thank you. Here's a picture. And uh-huh. uh, he... um I met him and he was, uh, he was really, really cool. Um, but I, I stayed out of the way and then I got off stage and in that venue and you know, there's 175 people just dying, laughing. Uh, Mark was up after me. Um, and I got out and, uh, sat in the parlor of the, uh, of the old theater and uh, it's Gilbert and Rob Steen sitting on the couch with nobody else around. So I went <laughs> yeah. down and sat next to him. Uh, Rob took my picture with Gilbert, um, and just, then Rob left. So I remember it being Gilbert and I on the couch and I'm like, holy shit. And I wanted, I'm not a selfie guy at all. <laughs> wanted to take a selfie with Gilbert in the background and just being like, Oh, another casual day at the office, you know, just, and I remember just talking to him and I was like, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Cause he strikes me as a personality that he'll be like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, who are you? Get out of my face, kid. I don't want to talk to you. So I was like, don't let that ruin your experience of opening for him. If you piss him off and he doesn't want to talk. So I literally sat there on my phone and he was on his phone and I'm just like, holy shit, it, he's right here. Um, and I didn't, you know, didn't say anything other than the weather. Like, man, is it cold tonight or something? Yes, it's very cold. You know, <laughs> and that was, that was pretty much it, you know, like just didn't ruin it. And then at the end, my favorite memory other than, you know, performing and whatnot and that whole experience, but probably the coolest memory I had with Gilbert was at the very end of the show, he was selling his autographed, you know, eight by tens or whatever, his t-shirts and CDs, whatever he had, uh, DVDs, um, got to the end of the line and met him. And I was like, I opened for you. Oh, that's cool. You know, awesome. And then we started talking and I don't remember how, oh, I know what it was, how I got onto it was I was saying he did Jay Leno and I really enjoyed his spots where he did impressions. Uh, I remember one he did, um, he did uh, Harry Potter on Leno, okay. did a bit of him being Harry Potter and he would ask him, uh, you know, um, 
questions about Harry Potter and he'd answer it very funny. But another one he did was uh, Yoda. Well, you you both know because you know me well. I've never seen Star Wars. I do not like anything like that. So I can tell you. I don't know any movies. Yeah, any movies, but especially Star Wars. I, I will not watch them. It's just not my thing. So I start telling Gilbert, oh, and then you did that other thing, uh, that green thing from Star Wars. I can't remember his name. And I swear to God, it went on for like five minutes. He's like, I don't remember his name either. What was that thing? <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my God. And it literally got to the point where our conversation stalled. So I looked over at Mark and whoever else was there. And I was like, who's the the guy from Star Wars that's green that speaks in riddles and his sentences? They're backwards. Everybody's like, Yoda, are you fucking stupid? And I'm like, oh, Yoda, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did those bits and it was really cool. So that's my probably my favorite memories that I got to open for him. But we also had a conversation where neither of us could remember who Yoda was from Star Wars. And it wasn't just me. So it was super cool you are the only two people in the entire fucking world who don't know who yoda is and probably two people that could do a good yoda impression like you you should watch star wars just so you can do a yoda impression Uh, we'll see um but yeah that's fucking oh man it was so funny um yeah so anybody that wants a good laugh look up his spots on uh gilbert's spots on leno when he does uh harry potter and uh and yoda super funny have, cool. have, have you met other famous people in your life and 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 would that have been the coolest meeting of a famous person you know to date is um that's a that's a really really good question um you you guys know i'm a huge sports guy absolute diehard biggest boston bruins fan there is um so met a lot of the bruins uh ray bork uh byron defoe his jersey sitting right in our garage where we're recording right now that he signed for me um you know stuff like that but i mean they're celebrities in new england and in the hockey community but i don't know if you'd consider them celebrities outside so pretty right. much that um anybody that's a celtics fan uh ernie de gregorio was rick rookie of the year i went to a celtics game and painted my face um white and green and he was washing his hands in the bathroom while i was painting my face and he asked to take a picture with me because i had my face painted so like that's That's a, a celebrity so to speak asking to take a picture with me that was really cool um jimmy huh. dunn from nesson he's a he's a comic yeah uh, he's done some stuff on on nesson um had met him um that was cool um so yeah i would say that's probably the biggest for me and especially the most well-known celebrity that i've met outside of the sports world you know kind of most well-known so i would say that's the coolest cool. yeah. and you had an you had a very uh interesting interaction with him where you have a, a great story to tell yeah yeah like, that's, no that's it, was, it was as as it's going on i'm like this is going to be the coolest fucking story like <laughs> you know he's he's going to be in like in one of those hover cars and he's like and, and then the kid asked me then the kid t- started talking about the weather and i was so nervous <laughs> you know what i hate hovercrafts <laughs> i could just totally see him doing something like that that is an impression right there and that's a good one and i i, I think you need to do more of that i'll write it down we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh doing a comedy show on mars and yeah. just different celebrities you, what they would the, say about it i like if, it. if nothing else comes out of <laughs> yeah. this episode i'm uh, glad we're recording because i'll be like what was i saying i needed to write down again <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man that's Boy. too good uh so not to not to steer too far away from all that stuff because that's 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 gold um do you like 
hosting shows or do you like to just perform on a show? I mean, like, you know, like we said before, Leonard likes to produce the shows and obviously, you know, each one of us performs during our shows and hosts our shows. What's your, what's your favorite part of a, a comedy show? Okay, good. I was like, Jesus, this is an intervention. This is what we're getting at. Do you <laughs> like just performing? We're kicking you out of the river comics. And it's on right. we, we all love you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> we're here because we care about you very much. Yeah, We yeah. feel that like you have a problem. A, we're kind of in a circle and we just, we, we're here because we love you very much. Um, Honestly, my answer to that is yes. I enjoy both of them very much, hosting and just doing a spot. I think, you know... As we've all had to step up and host quite a bit, where we were branching out before the pandemic, um, you really you build a different muscle, and I think that um, it really kind of lends itself to different skills. You know, you really have to have a pulse very much on what's going on with the show. We've had shows, um, you know, where it kind of goes off the rails a little bit, be it from you know a comic or something happening in the audience. Um, you know, so a, a host really has to to keep that pulse and to have a joke. Leonard uses the phrase all the time, keeping a joke in your back pocket, you know, that you're ready to go with that. Hey, it's a 30 second bit. It won't take away too much of the time, but Hey, if we have to get back on track and, and kind of set the stage again, so to speak, we're, we're able to do that. So I enjoy yeah. that. Um, hosting. That, yeah. That's something you're really good at. That's something I, I, I have a really hard time telling jokes in between comics because mm-hmm. uh, I, I get too nervous about what I'm actually going to say and how long the bit is, but yep. I'll, I'll admit you, you do that really well. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think that, um, I think it's just something that you have to, like I said, keep that pulse. But I think, you know, t- to make sure that you're not discrediting yourself too much, I think the best host knows how to stay out of the way. You know, if you get up there, we've both been on <laughs> freaking mics. I won't say where, when the uh, when the, the host will do 15 minutes between each comic. And you're like, oh, no problem. Like, yeah, go ahead. Do, do all of your stuff. You want to tell them again? See if you get more of a reaction this time? Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm up next. I have... I have time to go grab a sandwich <laughs> at another venue. <laughs> Literally, Nick and I will fondly remember Leonard walking towards Leonard getting ready to go up at a mic. We're all sitting there, the three of us together. And Leonard's like, I literally am going to walk to the stage, make him uncomfortable to get him off, get the host <laughs> off of telling his jokes before I get up there. Like, I'm not dealing with this. And you kept creeping closer and closer and closer. Oh man. So I just think, yeah, you have to be able to, to have something in your back pocket and knowing when to get the hell out of the way, but it's not about you. You're there to make the show better and to make all the other performers better and more important than anything to, to make the crowd happy and have, make them have a great night. So I think that's the most important part. It's not about you getting up there and having to tell jokes. You don't have to, but when you have to, you need to know when. And to try not to derail the whole thing. Exactly right. Yeah. By telling a really off color suicide joke here. But, hey, who, who would do that? In his in his defense, that's the only thing that came to mind at the moment. So, in his defense, Nick Gordon uh, could. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, we're talking about side by each. Oh no! No, we're, we're ta- talking about every. Yeah, we're talking about everything. Time. Oh, I, I know what I know what reference. I know what show you were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. no, but yeah. I'm also when he made the suicide reference. I remember one time you got up there and. You didn't have your best set, and the only thing I could think of to say was, uh, 
That was Nick Gordon. Make sure you hide the rope from Nick Gordon. Oh, I didn't say that. No, I did. Oh, you uh, said it. Okay. For the record, that was absolutely me. I'm not All calling right. anybody else out, but that's what I thought you meant with the suicide reference. And I think about that often, and I feel really badly I did that. But no. you took it in stride. I definitely have... Uh, bombed my fair share and then some, and you know, or, or you might call it a tankeded for this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, is it comedy it, think tank? It isn't taint. Like it's no. not like sponsored by Duck Butter. Like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get the soundboard here working so I can actually have a recording of Nick saying of, of Nick Gordon saying the actual title of the podcast. I think it's just difficult. I don't think it's that you're doing anything wrong. I think it's just a hard work, you know, to to articulate. <laughs> The, uh, so okay, let's let's just <laughs> okay, let's get go. this on the record. It's comedy think tanked, and T A N K E D. You made that seem so easy, E-D, though, right? I know, yeah. Tanked it, tanked it, yeah, okay, yeah. But I mean, it looked good on paper when I wrote it down. <laughs> the idea behind it is sound, as far as I'm concerned. Like uh. it's you know, it's tanked. Like you're drinking and you're thinking about comedy, and, you know. So it's comedy think tanked, and we all know what a think tank is, right? You know, Washington D.C. think tank. You hear it on the news and whatnot. Got it. And, and and but you know, you add comedy to that. That's what we do. Like right, every time we we think of something, we're like, oh wow, that's pretty good. But when you're drunk, you think of things that are even better. You know, you ever hear the saying? Uh, write drunk, edit sober. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So like you combine all these things together, and I feel like. It's a natural thing. And when I wrote it down, when I first wrote the name of the podcast down, I was like, oh, this is great. This is perfect. You know? Oh, man, and, it reminds and then, me of- And then when we started having to say it, and especially Leonard. The like, very first fucking episode. No. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, Leonard, why? What is going on? Why can't you say this word? Think tank. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still maintain it's not Leonard's fault. It's not the no, easiest thing. But I hear you. I hear you. We'll see um, how far we can take this. Maybe we got to change the name. Let's just change it to WTF. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I say think taint. I think that would be funny. You know, kind of a like. A, I can't do that. Yeah. yeah maybe but, not. I mean, you can. No, I can. I guess. It's a triple X. Yep. <laughs> show that. Jenna Jameson is a headliner. Um, now, you were talking about like uh, writing drunk and editing sober. It reminds me of a, a good uh, comedy buddy that we have, uh, Josh Bilodeau. I thought of him in a while. Um, yeah. He had talked about how he had written this great bit while well, he was either drunk or stoned or maybe both. And he got up the next day and it was literally squiggles. He didn't write any letters and it was so <laughs> vivid in his mind. So vivid. Um, you know, so he like just talked about how he was so excited the next morning. Holy shit, this bit's gonna be great. And there wasn't one actual letter in the paper. <laughs> it was just scribbles, so that's what I thought of. And it's like the aliens possess me. <laughs> that's uh, you probed your pencil to not make a letter. That's about the extent of it. So. Oh. So uh Nick, uh so we're gonna end the the interview with the uh, segment we call Curse the Darkness. And I don't know if we uh prepared you for this, but there's there's Ed. You oh did. we did. Oh, yes. okay, good, good. So there, I made sure I was prepared oh. when uh, I knew the the several I've listened to. That was the end of it. So I had to come f- through with a few things, but yeah. Oh, excellent. So, so we're looking for something that you want to complain about, uh, but but about which you don't have any plans to do any make any effort to to correct or solve or anything. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't know if my fatness is coming through on the microphone, <laughs> but a lot of the things I don't like surround food. Believe it or not. Okay. So I mean, I I don't like American cheese. 
I'll eat it, but I don't like it. You know? <laughs> he, won't, he won't do anything about it. He won't no. stop other people. Yeah, from I mean, it. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Like going to craft with a with a you know a weapon. I don't want to do that and be like, all right, this will just take a second. <laughs> Sh- shut all of the factories down and stop making this bullshit. You know, like Jesus, like knocking over the money lenders. And this. Like, get get it, get this cheese out of here. <laughs> Jesus, like cheddar cheese is a thing. Just use it. Like get, get rid of it. Like I've literally told them, told multiple sandwich artists off at Subway. Like you put that on my fucking sandwich, we gonna have a problem. <laughs> Did you go to Subway today? Uh, uh, not yet. <laughs> After the podcast, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to be gassy. Now, now let me let me just ask a follow up on the cheese thing. Is that because you have a taste for the finer things in life, or is it something about American cheese specifically that you? I would say I don't want to come across as like, um, you know, hoity-toity or anything. Like I, I, a finer thing in life, like any other cheese you have is going to be finer than that. So I think right. to my credit, that's it's it's not so much that it has to be finer. It's just that anything is better than that. But like I said, I'm not going to not have it if that's all you have. But, I see. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that okay. was one of them. He's willing to slum it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I'm like, not above it, you know. You'll drink a Bud Light as your choice of beer, oh. but if someone said, all we have is Schlitz, you'll do that too. No, I will not deviate oh. there. No, we're talking <laughs> cheese only. Bud Light, if they want to sponsor us, I drink you guys exclusively. <laughs> Mark Turcott and I have uh, coined, or on the ride to a show, we coined Bud Light as the nectar of the gods. So if you want to use that and trademark it, you'll need royalties <laughs> uh, extensively, but uh, you can go with, with a little nectar of the gods Bud Light if you want. It's, there you go. It's, it's the best bear, beer in the world. Uh, other than that, I can't stand uh, any bread that's not white, rye, wheat, multigrain. <laughs> what? I hate. I hate any other bread. Like I, I will not eat bread before. You hate I, wheat bread. I hate wheat bread. Like oh I will eat a roll up with no bread. Like you know how you know some people do with bologna and mustard. Like yeah. I'll roll it up um, before I will use anything other than white bread. Now I, I want to just because this is. Uh, uh, not a visual medium. Uh, if everyone could see the look on his face right now, he is I'm angry. serious. I'm <laughs> so angry right now. It's so. just like it shouldn't be a thing. I understand I'd be healthier, but I swear to God, I'd rather not eat than eat wheat bread. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> but now, now, since you're so passionate about that, the fact that you won't do anything about it really kind of, you know, baffles me. Like, mm. You know, you're you're extremely passionate. I mean, obviously, you do your own shopping, and and you yep. know, when you go to Subway, you can order whatever the hell bread you want. <laughs> True. Like, would you walk out of Subway if they said, "Oh, we're out of white bread"? Oh, I've done it multiple times. Wow. And I'm not. That is not what? an exaggeration. That's intense. Cool. Uh, All we have is uh, that that cracked wheat, where it's like, "Hey, we just drag this piece of bread through a field. Do you want this for your sandwich?" <laughs> Like, no, I'm good. And I, it's funny you say that because I can distinctly remember walking out of Subway multiple times. That's awesome. Who walks into a Subway and it's like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) The fact that the Subway doesn't have any white bread is even more perplexing. Can I get like Italian urban cheese? Is that too much to fucking ask? Like, (laughs) Um, yeah, other than that, uh, most seafood. Like, yeah. I don't know, I, I will put bacon wrapped scallops in front of me, I'll only eat the bacon, I think scallops are revolting, you yeah. know, like salmon, cedar plank salmon, I'd rather eat the cedar plank than the salmon. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> 
so yeah, that's that's cursing the darkness. I don't plan on you know like diving into the ocean and destroying all the salmon and all the other seafood creatures that I don't like. But <laughs> that, that would take some effort. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that would be pretty. If I could pull that off, like I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'd be doing big things. I think mankind will eventually get rid of all seafood anyway somehow, some way. Yeah, I mean, it might we'll, be. We'll fish it to death. You don't have to worry too much. Yep. Yeah, in honor of Nick Default. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Jeez. Oh my god, cool. Well, Nick, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. Uh, it's really cool to have a, a podcast with the, the three River Comics yeah. on here. This has been really, really fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, great to hang out with you guys. And I love uh, the previous uh, episodes you guys have had. Thank uh, you. Keep it, so keep it going and uh, love to come back sometime. So thank yeah. you guys very much. Thanks for having us in your garage. Absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy it. Got to go play some ping pong now. Sweet. Awesome. Nick Dufault, everyone. That was our great friend, Nick Dufault, for our first in-person recording. He is the third member of the River Comics Comedy Production Team. Many thanks to Nick and his garage space for hosting us. Next time, we promise to crack a few beers and make it more tanked. <laughs> I do like beer. We can't think of a better person to have riding along these last two and a half years, putting together shows, performing stand-up, and lately working with us by Zoom to write jokes or play games. Yes, uh, eager for the day we can get back to producing regular comedy shows. Like me, Dufault doesn't like long car rides, but we really need to get some road trips going again. Yes, thank you, Leonard. And thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Have a good day. music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. You've got all these extraterrestrials in your way and nobody uses a blinker because they're not touching the fucking ground. <laughs>